Hello and welcome to Koality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. Who's that? I'm Anthony Nicolosi. I had to like kind of crack my knuckle and extend my arm at the same time. A good experience for all of the people listening at both, home and not yeah. watching. Both both signals got to my brain at the same time, so I did them both. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, this week um, I have chosen our topic, so mm. are you excited to find yeah. out about it? I, I was not told at all what it might be. That is true. Um, so, the topic this week is going to be talking about competition and cooperation in video games. Ooh. So, I think what I really want to talk about from that perspective is, first, I want to like talk about uh, cooperation in video games and what that means and what a cooperative game looks like. And then... I'd like to talk about what a competitive game looks like. And by that, I mean a competitive game with no cooperation. And okay. the same with the first one. And then we'll talk about the mixture of both and what that is like. And what kind of experiences those things allow you to create. And what kind of games we've played that have those experiences and what we think about those designs. Cool. Does that sound good? Yes, that sounds good. Cool. I have lots of immediate thoughts. Well. Uh, let's start with uh, cooperative but not competitive games. Okay. Um, and this is obviously you can be cooperative against something. It just can't be other humans. Okay. Um, like I would define a cooperative game as a game where you and other humans are playing together on a team in order to accomplish a shared goal. Okay. Cool. Uh, so just to be clear, again, something that's like. Use the Halo reference, Halo Warzone, you're a group of guys fighting AIs, that's cooperative. Yep, that's cooperative. Okay. Um, what if in a mode like that, you have like a leaderboard, though? Does it become competitive? Uh, that's an interesting question. We'll talk um, about it later. For now, let's okay. say that's cooperative, okay. um, but that there is like an interesting blurring of the lines there, right? Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um but yeah, let's say that's that's for now. Let's say that's cooperative. Cool. Or let's ignore that aspect if it is there. So then, how will you define competitive? Um, so competitive is any humans working against each other, other humans, other humans directly. Um, and in fact, a competitive only game with no cooperation would basically, in my mind, only imply one human versus working one against human, one human, or potentially one human working against. More than one from the perspective of the person working okay. alone, maybe. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, like you know, like uh, what's that game? Evolve? Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that was that's true. Or Dead by Daylight. Yep. Those games. Yep. Anyway, okay. But first, I think it cooperative games. So okay, I don't know. Like what? Let's just like rattle off some cooperative <laughs> games that you can think of. Maybe. Okay. Jeez, I think I have. A few I think almost team. every single player of the shooters I've played kind of goes out. Uh, down that way because like it has it's... like a split screen option yeah yeah single player campaigns that have uh, i'm thinking of first person shooters right now in my uh -huh. head first person shooters that have a campaign that you can do like split screen with somebody or sometimes not split screen but you know connect up party up and uh run through the campaign together right so i think the first question to talk about then is probably like what it, assuming we were playing like the same campaign, maybe the difficulty ramps up a little bit or something changes slightly. Okay. Like which of those is one of those experiences more valuable or what do we get out of the two different experiences of playing it alone versus playing it with like a, a no homie. 
is it more to to understand the question? Are you saying it's is it more beneficial? Is it more beneficial? Is that I what you said, said valuable? Valuable. Is it more valuable to or play? Just what it? do we get out of those experiences? What's the difference between playing that experience by yourself or with a person? Right. It's because from the games, like from aside from the fact that the other person is there, the the experience you're playing is essentially the same, maybe with a slight scaling. Sure. Case, right. So like, yeah. Uh, is one more valuable than the other? I think it would be more like they're definitely different. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to again, think about it too. Like, my, it, again, my head immediately goes to Halo mm-hmm. because so when I was young, when I was younger, Halo One and Two, I didn't, we didn't, we weren't allowed to use Xbox Live when Halo Two came out because my my dad thought it was a little sketchy and whatever. So we basically just played the shit out of the campaigns, Halo Two campaign, Halo, and we'd go back and play Halo One over and over again. Um, and I did a lot of both playing those alone and with my brother at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and I think, at least for me, which one was more valuable? It, it wasn't necessarily that one was more valuable. It was more than the other. It was more just that I was looking for a different experience when I was doing the different the two different things. So, and I'd play by myself. I, I would generally play at a much slower pace, uh, kind of enjoy the music or aesthetics of some parts more. I like there's a, that part in Halo 2 I've talked about before where you're like sniping stuff. I'd kind of take my time longer there. Um, uh, in enjoy that moment a little bit more, not just like speed through it. I, I don't know. I, I, enjoy, I think I absorbed the experience more when I was playing by myself. Um, the, the nuances of the experience when I was playing by myself, when I was playing my, with my brother, we were almost entirely, almost always like fucking around like it was hey watch me blow up this turret and oh that's funny and i turn around and my brother blows up the other turret in a way that it hits me and kills me Mm -hmm. like ha that's hilarious so they're like significantly different experiences totally different right um and i actually if i'm i outside of when i play with my wife and maybe it's just because she I, I she's mature enough that I she doesn't ruin the experience <laughs> like wow. the first time I play because like if I was playing with my brother I can't like really enjoy the game and enter into the game for what it's worth because he might punch me in the back like you know, do shit like that at any given time or stick me with a plasma or something right and blow me up so if I wanted to enjoy the game experience like the 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 craftsmanship of it uh and and not just accomplish the game or not just like screw around and have fun i'd always like prefer to play it by myself with the exception of my wife like i was saying when we we will play through the halo campaigns and um together and i don't feel like it diminishes at all um but if uh, like i said the other thing halo had in particular is you had these skulls that would mutate gameplay somehow which even more made it a screw around time uh you could shoot the grunts and their heads would explode with confetti and you could had like gravity and HUD modifiers. And so that added to the screw aroundness of it. Yeah. So maybe it's also just halo, like how kind of, it could be the design a of little that bit. game. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, that's where I go to. That's really interesting because I think for me, actually that most of the times when I play games cooperatively, it ends up, I end up slowing down a lot. 
hmm. uh, generally. But maybe that's just because I'm like a speed runny kind of boy. True. So like when I'm playing alone, I like like trying to like do it like fast and quick and interestingly for that in that way in my mind. But when I play with other people, I generally slow down. At, either just because they don't want to play that fast or because like that's the nature of like playing a game cooperatively um and maybe i even end up appreciating it more in some ways in the cooperative sense because i've slowed down even and granted like you also get a whole new layer of interaction right in the cooperative sense versus the competitive or the solo play experience i'm thinking about portal even though portal 2 the single player campaign the multiplayer campaign are like completely different experiences with the cooperative one being tailored to cooperative play um never played multiplayer uh cooperative you never portal. played portal 2 at all because there's no co-op in portal 1 it's just portal 2 but anyway i i think there's a lot of value to be had in like watching in like being there while someone else also enjoys the experience you're having um and actually generally i pretty much play no single player games nowadays pretty much um like solo experience games and if i do it's usually with someone in person with me watching which essentially in some ways makes it into a cooperative experience so what's like your latest example of that like the latest single player game that you played but like somebody was watching because uh, the reason i'm asking this is because you play like rhythm games yes that are single player technically all the time yes but so i'm wondering what f- you mean by like these single player games that somebody's observing you so actually though when i play rhythm games generally i enjoy them more if someone is there with me watching or experiencing with that's true because you go to the arcade i go to the arcade i play that there i like have like you saw when i was playing the other night i was playing a lot of step mania and like my first inclination was to want to stream it Uh so like even then i have this like instinct to want to do that or i'll just go on discord and have people there and i'll just talk to them while i play yeah um but i have had people like sit down with me and play through like bioshock infinite and stuff like that um and games like of that nature i also have some friends who i used to go over to my friend's house all the time and he and i would play through like any like that's where i played the last of us was at his house with like four people all watching one person play that's interesting so we do that a lot um so for me I it's interesting like I don't even anymore almost value solo experiences in video games at all and it's almost always cooperative experiences giving me the value that I want <laughs> out of those games I, and that's just something I've observed and maybe it's just because Did I you used to like that like I used to play have a lot you ever like to play them by yourself I think so yeah okay. I think I did generally although I think multiplayer games always appealed to me over it I don't think that was ever not a thing, but I used to be more willing to do it before, I think. But maybe now I just like value interaction with other people so much more than I value just like the, the experience of playing a game that like, sure, if I'm just doing that without having some other interaction, I just feel like I'm not getting everything out of that that I could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting point. I... Humans are more interesting than computers. That's something I will say. Or at least uh, to you. To me. <laughs> and this is actually another reason why I like hate I really dislike most cooperative board games as well for the same reason. There's tons of cooperative board games nowadays and it's a huge like market that tons of people love these cooperative games where like you're these like, you know, people trying to cure a disease that's going to wreak havoc on the world and you're working together to cure the disease. And so what, since I'm unfamiliar, I don't play board games almost at all. I'm curious. 
So a board game like that, literally, let's use that example. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So you are, have a friend, because I'm sure some people who are listening to this are probably like me and don't really play games like this. But like, so you have a friend and how do like or generally or several. Yes. Uh, how do mechanics generally work in those kinds of games? You guys have sort of, is it kind of like turn based? Like you guys do something, you have some ability to do something a turn and then the game can do something and then you progress from there. Yeah. And the example I was just giving, which is a game called pandemic. Basically everyone has like a number of actions they can take each turn. Every, all the humans get to go at the same time. You just choose the order in which people do their actions. And then the, the game takes its turn, which is through a deck of cards. Oh, and okay. through just well-defined mechanics for how those cards determine what happens. But anyway, um, back to what you were saying. You don't like those because? Because I feel like it's so much less interesting to... I just, I don't know. I don't like, I don't think I get as much out of the interaction as like having to think about like, I guess, outsmarting another human as opposed to outsmarting like a random deck of cards or a set of mechanics. Do you think... That's also, though, maybe in part to the nature of a competitive board game experience brings out more rich interactions with the people you're playing with than the cooperative ones. Meaning, I don't like, know if that's the case for everyone. Maybe for me, I feel that you. way. But I also think that like cooperation is like a I said like so many times in that sentence. <laughs> Let's try that again. Um, I think that cooperation is an integral part of everyday life. I cooperate with people like constantly at work and you know, all the time you're just cooperating with people generally speaking in your life. Um, And so playing something competitive gives you a very different lens into like life or, and yeah. And I mean, we're not supposed to talk about competitive stuff and maybe we should be more be talking about soul experiences, but so maybe I have like a hierarchy, right? Of like solo experiences are the least valuable for me. Then cooperative experiences, because at least I'm getting some interaction. And then competitive experiences, because then I'm actually having like a unique interaction that I don't have generally in my everyday life. I see. There's some amount of novelty to a cooperative, ex- uh, competitive experience. For me, yeah. And I actually know people who live in a lot more competitive re- realities. Who are people l- who are in like school that's really competitive or their job is really competitive who love cooperative experiences in their free time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, that's quite a tangent, but no, no, that's, that's cool. I mean, to close out the idea of cooperative stuff, like for me, the, if I had to rank valuable, I, I just want to expand on the fact that I think that's changed. What's most valuable or most interesting to me now in life, I don't think is the same as it was when I was 10. Sure. Um, cause I would, for, before Halo com- came out, I played a much wider variety of games like RPG, action, RPG, sports, dog, mm. whatever. Like I played, kind of played anything I thought was good. Yeah. Before I you became a extent. Doritos and Mountain Dew kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like Doritos, but goldfish? Goldfish? They're, they're also similar in color. <laughs> uh, Cheese cracker of some Cheez-Its? kind? I, I'll eat Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its anytime. Damn good. You stack up like seven? No, I, I do not, but yes. You put them like I right there at the back of your finger. Like a chipmunk putting it into your cheek pouch? If you can line them up on both sides of your teeth at the same time and just crunch without them slipping, it's uh-huh. fucking good. Wow. Yeah, it feels good too. 
Next podcast, we'll have a live demonstration. Okay, okay well, getting into snacks, maybe? <laughs> no. Snack review? <laughs> snack. Oh, shit. I, yeah. I, I would do use a snack voice. review podcast in a second, dude. That would be A amazing. snack review podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we can throw that in somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think then I really would enjoy like coming home from school. And maybe this is like this cooperative, comp- competitive, what I'm... Uh, a divergence from what I'm experiencing in my normal life. Like maybe there's a lot of ten- I think there's probably a lot of tension in regards to like figuring out life and making friends and stuff around that age. And maybe somehow mm-hmm. it's all stressful or something. And that's part of the reason why I enjoyed coming home and playing final fantasy seven for, I don't know how much time and, uh, or playing, sports games that weren't against people but like against the computer or like madden had these like training things where you'd have to like throw it through your receiver was like running around and you'd have to throw it through the ring when at the right time and depending on what ring it went through you got different points and stuff um and so yeah at that time maybe solo i i think competitive local competitive multiplayer so like Local split screen. Like Golden Eye. Yeah, like a LAN environment or freaking like Smash. Yeah. You know, su- su- mm-hmm. Super Smash. I was just thinking about that as well. Mario um, Party as well. I think those are maybe have have maybe always been the most valuable to me. Still. Like mm. I think I would take I I know I would take a kick ass Halo LAN over any multiplayer online thing ever. Right. And I would take multiplayer online Halo over um, cooperative form of Halo. Yeah. And I think I would take that and and the single player totally solo thing, I think still is about even depending on what I feel like doing. Uh Cooperative and single solo is about equally valuable to me. Uh, it's just a different thing. You don't, you don't mean co-op. Or, okay, yes, cooperative in that. And then above that is this is m- competitive multiplayer competitive especially. Yes. Uh, you know, that's actually funny because I think that the fact that local multiplayer competitive experiences are so compelling and is the main reason that I play so many board games. Because literally yeah. board games are just local yeah, multiplayer sure. competitive sure. experiences. And I think nowadays, honestly board games have surpassed video games in the quality of the local competitive experiences they can create just because most game developers have stopped designing for local competitive experiences. Such a shame. It is such a shame. Uh, but yes, um, that's interesting, but that's a interesting perspective on competitive board games. I hadn't really thought about, like I don't really have a very rich, educated perspective on, Rich, like, meaning, like, full, robust mm-hmm. perspective on board games. Sure. Like, the board games I've played, I think, are pretty standard. Uh, like, I think, in my head, I'm like, what's the craziest board game I've ever played? Risk. Right. <laughs> right. So, I don't... But even that, right, is a pretty strong local competitive yeah, multiplayer experience, that right? one was different because, like... And, I, and maybe I, I, this is part of my notion of board games, honestly, is like it took freaking forever. Yeah, Risk takes a long time, and I don't think it has the mechanics to support the amount of time it takes. Okay. I don't yeah. think it's compelling enough to take. It, it, it was, sticks around for too long. I was bored. Yeah. I guess. So, um, yeah, maybe if there was like a really super fun board game that basically, I mean, like, to and this is kind of getting into 
competitive. And which I think we should we okay. will get into anyway, but maybe I mean, maybe like, more explicitly, but this can be our transition. You play if I play Rocket League, uh-huh. it's like an insane amount of competitive fun. Well, and Rocket like, League is actually an illegal example in our competitive discussion because it is a competitive cooperative and game. And cooperative. Yes. Sure. If you want to talk about Rocket League, you're you only allowed to talk about 1v1. That's correct for now. Well, I definitely play 1v1 over Risk, but um, yeah. it's like the 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 how uh, the how condensed that experience is how and how satisfying it is within that loop of a freaking five seven minutes or whatever mm-hmm. is definitely a big part of it i agree and i think even 1v1 in rocket league is very fun and i i think people who generally don't like 1v1 experiences even frequently enjoy rocket league's 1v1 experience which is interesting. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. Like I, I say like I don't really care for one v ones, but I think that's mainly because I like the other ones so much. Sure, yeah, more. And, and that's fair. So, can you think of any strictly? I have like so much to talk about in this in this strictly competitive game perspective. I just like thought of a whole category of games that I hadn't even thought of. Do you have any like, or maybe I'll just start talking and you think of if you have any one v one experiences? Yeah, you can go. So the first thing I was going to talk about was Spy Party. Um, oh, yeah. which in my opinion is probably like one of the best designed 1v1 like strictly competitive tell game people experiences a little bit about it because I don't I'm sure exists. some people don't know and it's really cool yeah so Spy Party is a game it's on Steam um, that you basically one person is the spy and one person is the sniper the game takes place in like a three dimensional room with like various stuff in it and there's a bunch of AI npcs in the room that are like specific characters that have been defined and the spy is one of those characters they can just take the persona of any of them and um the sniper has a view from outside of that room and can rotate around the room with some like obscured vision potentially depending on the venue uh it could just be really big it can be really small there's all different like venues you can play at and basically the goal of the spy is to complete these missions some of which are things that the AI will explicitly never do or not even capable of being able to do like animations that the AI can never produce um, or just actions that are very suspicious that the AI wouldn't likely do like visiting statues for long times, like many times, stuff like that. And so the sniper's job is to figure out um, which of these AI is the human player trying to accomplish these goals and snipe them and kill them. And the sniper gets one shot. They shoot wrong. The spy wins. They shoot right. The sniper wins. The spy completes all their missions in the time limit. The spy wins and doesn't get shot. Obviously, they they win. And if the spy doesn't complete their missions in the time limit, then they lose. So, um, yeah, and there's just so much tension and, like, competition in this game. And it's literally just 1v1 um, from human to human perspective. But it's interesting because this 1v1 competitive experience involves a bunch of AI and one human acting like an AI. So in some ways, maybe it is a little bit of a cooperative experience for the person playing the spy since they're sort of cooperating with the other AI to attempt to accomplish, like, to obscure their vision or to, like, hope they'll do a specific thing so that you can then do this other specific thing that'll be, like, really cool. I don't know. But anyway, that game's amazing. And probably the most stress I've ever felt in any video game. Which, but like good stress. Yeah, it's a satisfying like payoff. tension, or yeah. L- loss. Also, like I've like jumped when I like sniper a shot on many occasions because you're like so focused, and then just, you hear the shot, and you like jump, and you're like, "What did I die?" And you're like, "I did die. I won." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that game is like crazy and definitely like a competitive experience that I really value. Um, but 
I am not that motivated to play it, and I think that is because of this like lack of co- interaction, lack of the cooperative part of it. Um, is why I'm probably not as motivated. Another game I play a lot that's a one v one competitive experience are fighting games. Just that, basically, that sure. whole genre of games. Yeah, I've played competitively. I played Street Fighter Four and Marvel vs. Capcom Three competitively. Now I play a lot of Street Fighter Third Strike and Tekken. Um, generally speaking. My favorite experience playing those games, though, once again, are either in person with people or on the Internet while talking to someone. It's very rare that I'll play Tekken in online matchmaking unless I'm on Discord talking to someone who's also doing it or doing something else. Or I'm playing against someone on Discord who I'm talking to about the match we're playing, which sort of makes it into a cooperative experience in some way. Or at least a more compelling competitive experience that involves human interaction, like more direct human interaction. I don't know. I'm slowly realizing this over the course of this conversation that like my favorite ways to play these one V one competitive games are creating a way more than one V one competitive situation, like playing third strike at the arcade with like six people around watching the game, like is a way more compelling experience for me than like going home and playing third strike online against some random dude. Yeah. Right. I don't know. That's interesting. I just sort of realized that, that, even in those experiences, for me, I value them way more in like large groups or in like more of a whatever cooperative or just groupier experience. So it's interesting that you bring up the fact that, like, you know, in, in when you're playing a one v one experience, you generally don't play it unless people there's you're talking to somebody online or you're in a place where there's other people somehow interacting with you. And I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that would make me like those experiences more too, because I don't really care for those experiences. I don't, I, I, I also think generally I don't care for these one V one experiences. Uh, I don't know why. Cause I, I, I like I'm, I'm thinking of fighting games. We used to play Tekken three a lot back in the day. And, Maybe it's just because the kinds of people I played against, either I was significantly better or they were significantly better. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like I didn't have a good, uh, there wasn't a good matching there. This, the the difficulty of the, the difficulty was never really well balanced for me sure. in those games. Maybe that's part of it, but I don't know. There's, it's not, I'm, tr- I can't really think of a 1v1 experience that I really enjoy. Yeah. Like even, I, I definitely don't like them ever. There's not a, I can't think of a single one v one experience that I prefer over a multiple counterpart, right? Like yeah. a two v two or up. Even Halo, like solos, one v one, is like funny. Like one v one Rocket League two, it's like it's kind of funny to match up with a guy and he threatens you into a one v one and you right. like to compete like that. But I don't always feel like doing that. I don't know. No, I, get I wonder it. if. I, I do think that there would be uh it would be different if I was streaming it right. or whatever. Uh, I mean, and you feed off hype too. So I'm sure <laughs> if there was like an audience getting hype or like you were at the arcade and people were getting hype. You might yeah, enjoy yeah. it more. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I mean, that definitely if, is what happens to me. And even if you suck, it's funny because everyone can laugh together about how you suck. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't I also don't know if there's a part of it where I kind of feel bad sometimes beating a random person like interesting because it seems like they care 
that they win and I like really don't care, but I beat them. So I somehow feel like I like pop their existential bubble a little bit or something. Yeah. The irony being that you're talking about not caring about beating people and rocket league is consuming your life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean in that, in I don't know because when you're one V one, I mean, you lose because you were worse. Most like barring you're playing like smash with items and shit, like, you know, but uh, in something like Rocket League or or a fighting game, you're if you're mechanically worse, barring the game is somehow busted in some way, like I'm thinking in a fighting game regard, like but in Rocket League. If you're mechanically worse, you're almost always going to lose. You, I think you, you can be strategically better and win even against someone who's mechanically better than you. Uh, sure. I think there's a range of how much, like it, you can you can be worse, but at I think at a certain point, you're just gonna you're gonna lose. Like you're so much more worse. Sure. That I can agree with I, that. I I, def- I definitely think you can be like a little bit worse, and you can play smart or and maybe a combination of lucky and and win but yeah so yeah it's true interesting okay yeah so the only other 1v1 thing I, that's coming to my mind is uh since we've had like a ra- some random board game references is two-player board games because i actually really love playing two-player board games generally so what does that mean 2v2 1v1 oh okay board games but i only you have to play them with the right people i think and then it's really satisfying because then you get like a really strong individual interaction with someone with like i don't know with playing a game and it's very hard to get like a connected experience with someone playing a like multiplayer competitive game yeah right i mean mostly if you're getting a connection with someone in rocket league it's going to be with your teammates not with the people you're playing against so i think these 1v1 board games and like in-person 1v1 fighting games or on discord talking to my friend while playing tekken against him these are these interesting experiences where you're both getting to like have fun with your friend but also get the satisfaction of competition instead of cooperation and i think there's a very fine line for those experiences because i think you have to be able to like disconnect yourself from the competitiveness of wanting to win more than you want to enjoy the experience with the person you're with yeah and i used to have huge problems with this and i like it would suck. But now I've like worked very hard to not have that be a thing anymore. And now those are like some of my favorite experiences because I just personally really like interacting with like individual people. Yeah. Like very deeply. So I was, I, I, I just thought of real world games as an addendum to this too. Like, like tennis soccer. Yes. It's actually, that's a good one. I like tennis. I love tennis as well. Actually. Yeah. I like tennis. You know, it's also awesome. Badminton. Sure. It's shit, man. Ping pong. I love ping pong too actually yeah i never like ping pong but maybe it's because it's like i don't i don't like the i don't like how ping pong uh feels the speed the speed of play and then like how much energy you exert and i mean tennis you nail it you uh-huh. know and like badminton too you can put a lot of energy you have into. some control in ping pong yeah you got You're you have to control like, kind of, well I don't. Yes, it, it, you're not a restraint kind ping of guy. Pong, like I, I always just want. Like I mean, the people who are really good. Seem to whack yes. shit out of it. But so like maybe too, I could baby. just get good and just whoop, bang. Yeah, you know? uh, three back, like three sixty back uh-huh. hand it. Yeah, that would be sick. But like I don't. It's not enjoyable enough up to that skill level for yeah, me yeah. to get there. But um, that's actually true. Badminton 
and tennis are super fun. I really like in them. In 1v1 and situations. In 1v1 situations and uh, racquetball. Mm, I love racquetball, too. Yeah. Yep. So so that. There's those. I'll, I'll t- table those for a second. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking like soccer. I don't really care for soccer. I mean, soccer is a cooperative competitive experience, right? Yeah, it's I not don't, a competitive I don't care for experience. like kind of like solo, little, smaller field 1v1s. Like in Argentina, sometimes like people would... Like you'd go play and you'd play like on a smaller field and oh, it'd be like whatever. But meh, I didn't, basketball, like I suck at basketball and I, we didn't play a ton of basketball growing up. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Football, it's not really a thing. It's just like you run at each I other. Guess like somebody tackles you. I just don't like wrestling. There's way too much touching people. Um, <laughs> and then, You're not a very touchy feely <laughs> person. Uh, <laughs> then I'm trying to think of what other kind of sport along those lines. Um, one time I gave you know Anthony what? a hug and he told me his first instinct was to punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah, should have. <laughs> Things would be very different. I think. Probably not that different. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Hockey? Like, hockey's a little different. Have you played 1v1 in hockey before? Not um, ice hockey. Uh, like roller hockey? Not even. Like running it's hockey? Field hockey. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's kind of satisfying. Okay. Uh, I, I have so no why are balance. these experiences satisfying for you and not like a fighting game? I think part of it is because the it's sort of the toy, like the visceral element of them mm-hmm. is enjoy. Like that's something they have much, at least for me personally, that the the visceral component of those games is much way stronger of an experience than the video game or the board game. Like in the video game, I mean, it's a video game. You're sitting there, you're playing it. Where you're standing there playing it, um, board game. There's a, the addition of maybe some some material. And this is one of the reasons board games actually appeal to a lot of people who don't love video games because there's like this additional aspect of actually getting to physically interact with what you're doing. Yep. But, but for you, that's not sense. enough necessarily, or at least hasn't been enough. You like the, it's only been enough when it's this visceral experience. Yeah, like, in, like, well, a like sport. while that's true in the board game case, the video games way make up for it for the richness they provide in other means right. of the experience. For me, you're shitty board games. I mean, yeah, no, it's true. It could be totally. Maybe there's these awesome ones with like little squishy balls and oh stuff. My gosh, you're... <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll have you to know, play Crokinole sometime. Actually, maybe I'll bring Crokinole? it. Crokinole. Okay, we'll show it's it a on the podcast. Game. Oh, that sounds cool. It's really cool. I think you would actually oh, like it a lot. Oh, fuck. Pool is good. Yes. Uh, I like pool. I like shuffleboard. Uh-huh. You know? See? And these are all 1v1 experiences. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's definitely this kinesthetic uh, physical, physical yeah. element. that I Because I, I really like that. Like, I would, even by myself, like to explain the kinesthetic visceral part. When I was a kid, I would go, we used to have this big backyard with, the, like, big fences. And when I just either, I just, like wanted to think about something or not really i just kind of wanted to like do some I, I didn't i didn't really have an intention i'd go out there i'd kick a soccer ball i'd hit the fence i'd kick it hard enough so that it would come rolling back with speed uh-huh. and i'd like pivot and like slam it against yeah. the other side and then come back and i would do that like i'm not kidding i use i would definitely do it sometimes for hours like right two hours thinking about something or whatever um so I, that like toy is one of the very valuable parts of these experiences and maybe the addition of a person is just like some icing on the cake that you get to also interact with someone but really it's the toy that's driving you yep it's yep and and these are yeah we are talking about 1v1 i was gonna say they're not cooperative it's like yeah that it just you have a little bit of the 
novelty and excitement of comp- competition, but it's still just generally the experience. Th- this this toy idea that we've talked about before is is definitely thing. How pleasurable is it just to do the thing? Yeah. Like kick the ball, throw the ball, uh, smack the ball with a racket. Uh, I mean, racquetball is so satisfying. You just beat the shit out of the ball, like in a room. And it, like, you don't even have to go get it. Yes. Like when we did our first tennis lesson ever, the machine shot it to me and I just hit it as hard as I could against the dome. Uh-huh. And my teacher's like, I understand, but like, we shouldn't do that like <laughs> like i know i get why you wanted to do that and uh we we stayed after and just me and my brother just slammed the shit out of it, it mm-hmm. it's it's funny we did that we stayed after we slammed the shit out of it as the the tennis thing like shot it at us the ball shooter me and my younger brother and i'm pretty sure we never went to another lesson <laughs> we just went to that first one we slammed the shit yes, out of it that's we didn't so want to hit it and we never went again <laughs> fair enough <laughs> anyway so that's that that toy aspect is a it's huge a part one. okay nice so cool i actually do like 1v1s in real life sport things i guess so i guess um which is interesting uh all right so now we can move on to what we've all been waiting for which is talking about rocket league right? oh! <laughs> um, but uh but yeah so let's talk about competitive cooperative experiences um, and what those look like and mean for us. So this is like competitive multiplayer, like team-based. Exactly. This is team-based competitive experiences, right? Either 2v whatever, 5v whatever. It doesn't matter, right? I think I, I just I want to start with the fact that our conversation, I think, kind of demonstrates a big reason as to why these have sort of taken over, right? Right? Like, we've kind of gone through the alternate experience options, and why is it that people replay these experiences over and over and over and would spend so much time and studios invest so much resources into making compelling multiplayer competitive multiplayer experiences. Uh, I think this, I think our conversation is, is bringing out some, some insights as to potentially why. Right? I, I think so too. Yeah. Cause they give the people who want co- co- cooperative experience, some of it, they give people who want competitive experience, some of that, and also, yeah, like like we were saying, I basically realized that I've turned any like competitive experience I've had into a cooperative experience that's also competitive. And I've also turned like any solo experience I have into a cooperative. Like I think humans just in general crave this interaction, especially like ex- very extroverted people like me. So like because the solo experience is very valuable, I think, for people who really like that sort of being alone. That's one way you can like be alone is with these solo experiences. But then when you don't want to be alone, what's the most like compelling full not being alone experience having cooperation and competition all in one right and you know say on that note it's interesting i i I wonder if it's those people who are more introverted it's not necessarily they're alone only it's more like that they control the amount of interaction right like because you do the solo and then tell your friend about it you could do the solo while your friend watches anyway uh you're hitting on something and you're talking about these things and it makes me think of self-determination theory. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is uh, just to explain yeah, yeah. it to people because me and Skyler talk about weird things all the time. Uh, self-determination theory is a psychological f- like sub I, – I think – I don't know if it's a mini framework. It's a so- psychological framework that more or less is based around the idea that uh, like healthy – a human is psychologically healthy and happy – when they ha- are feeling satisfied on three main part main things: autonomy, um, c- competence, and I'll fact re- check you. Uh, and the R, I'm I'm really uh, it's it's relation. I like uh-huh. relationship. I something. 
Yeah, autonomy, poli- competence, and relatedness. Relatedness. Autonomy, cap- competence, and relatedness. If we're t- talking about these experiences, like the solo, the 1v1, the only cooperative, um, and I'm thinking of it through this lens, if you will, of self-determination theory, solo, there's no relatedness aspect, really, per no. se, unless you're streaming it Definitely or somebody's watching you. Yeah, there's autonomy and competence. Yep. For sure. Autonomy and competence actually seem to really be a part of all of these. I think it's the amount of relatedness and the dynamic of the relatedness that comes into play on these different things. So true. in these competitive multiplayer games, um, 4v4, Halo, 3v3, Rocket League, it's interesting. We could think about things on a larger scale. Also, like we should talk about Battle Royale. Like, what Oh, is good point. What's Battle Royale? Well, if you, I mean, there's squad gameplay. There's squad gameplay, which is competitive, cooperative. But there's also 1v lots, right? Same with Evolve. Those kinds of experiences. Um, We'll get there in a second. Let's let's talk about Battle Royale is really like 1v1 on a huge scale, right? I think that is true, unless you're playing a squad, which I. It does seem like most people preferred that style of gameplay in most Battle Royales. And again, maybe this is why, right? You have the, I think, competition, the autonomy. Um, being part of a team, um, if the game allows you to still somehow be free to execute in the environment, like if I'm in Halo, I can be part of a team, but I can do whatever I want. Right. Same with Battle Royale, same with any of those things. So, uh, you have the autonomy in those cases in most of these games to act however you want to. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's constraints on that, I guess. Some of these class-based games, and actually, this is something I really don't like. For what it's worth, I class based uh, gameplay uh, is something that's extremely unappealing to me. I hate that I am limited, even though there's maybe a class that I prefer. Um, I'm, I almost always dislike class based gameplay. I feel like I'm limited somehow, and I'm forced. I'm forced to work with people. I'm not free to work with people. Okay, can we go down this path for a bit? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. Let's I'm go. curious what you would think about like a game like Dota, and if that is transcends this like hatred for you or this dislike because Dota, right, is essentially a class based game, right? Because you pick a hero and you're that hero for the duration of the game, and that hero kind of is a, they have a role for unique you spells and or or more abilities, right? They're <clears throat> a unique character in the game, and they're one character, and there's tons of others, right? And you you would likely play some sort of role on yes. your team as well, which is well defined, but it's not like as well defined like as in Overwatch or whatever, where if yep. you pick a tank, you're going to be a tank. Yeah, like most heroes can be any of the roles; you just have to play them differently. Yeah, but um. But is that different for you? Because there's like 120 to pick from. Whereas like in Overwatch, for example, you're picking between like whatever, 10 to 20. Uh, So I still don't like it. I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't invested a ton of time in either like Dota or League. Sure, sure, sure. To maybe really fully evaluate that. There's also other nuances to that, that the reality of those games that are unappealing to me. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of like a good example. Like if we took Halo... And made it somehow class based in some way. Like I didn't like Overwatch for this reason. Right. I I didn't. I I mean I I like could see why people like it and stuff. But I basically I I I never enjoyed playing it. I also didn't play with a team and everything like where we were really organized about what our strategies or anything. I, I I'm sure maybe that in that scenario that uh would be different too because i mean like i like playing soccer and if you're playing soccer you use because of the reality of the game 
you have a role, like yeah, you're but there's defender, more flexibility there. but you have more flexibility. Well, I, so, I think, well, so like, think about like, so what would you need from Overwatch for you to, I, well, I here, hate what, when where I'm my mecha- thought is at. Oh, is, I don't like Destiny for the same reason too. But anyway, go where ahead. Where my thought is at is that Halo, ironically, like when you first told me about what competitive Halo was like, I was like, that sounds boring as hell because you lit- everyone starts with like same stuff, the same stuff. You barely get other stuff yep. ever, right? Like, yep. there's like you get the power weapons, and yep. that's basically it, right? Yep. And for you, that's like you love that yeah. that sort of idea. And for like, for me, if I'm playing a game like that, I want way more variety than that. That's way more interesting to me. So like this, the class based aspect adds that variety while you still assume that all these characters are balanced so let's let's think of it this way because like i actually think the game the from this perspective on the constraint the the uh, the constraints on how you on what you can do mechanically and how you can affect a game um are similar in halo as to rocket league and you love rocket league in that rocket league everyone's exactly the same uh, the different. Well, that's manos. true. That's true. The 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 cars have a different hitboxes. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's that's true. That's valid. Um, but I mean, you have outside of that, you have no other distinct advantages that you can bring into a match or even exert throughout the match. You don't even have like outside of boost. You don't have like pickups like Halo, for example. For me, it's the toy of Rocket League, though. I think yeah. that makes it so appealing to me. It's not anything to do with the fact that, like, it's homogenous. Uh, that's that, that's fair. Um, and I honestly do think there is an element of that to why I like Halo, too. I, yeah, the pacing and all the, 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 the mechanical enjoyment of the jousts and the whatever. Right. Halo is more like, just feels like chess real fast. And it's satisfying that it's actually not chess in the sense that you can exert your influence on the game to your greatest ability like in any given time Mm -hmm. um same with rocket league same with rocket league so like that i hate being constrained on that front like that i'm somehow artificially unable to do something that i can do in this game see and what's interesting is from my perception essentially like in dota or overwatch instead of the the big difference or like my perspective is that well, instead of just one game where you have to, where you can exert the best of your ability, you now have like 10 different games to play within this one game, right? Or yeah. 120 in Dota, right? Yeah. Every single one of these heroes is basically its own game yeah. because you have to figure it out to play that hero the best and be the best at that hero. And so from that perspective, like each of them is their own game. And as long as like Dota has enough depth that it's actually interesting to play each hero and feels very different to play each hero. And I think Overwatch is similar, at least for me, it felt very different to play most of them. You know what I really think? I actually don't really think there's much of a difference when you boil things down to it between Halo and a class-based game in regards to why some of these realities are satisfying or not. Because different maps and different situations on a map force you to take different roles based off of the scenario in Halo. Sure. You can't so you can't go into Halo and be like I'm going to be the sniper, which means I'm going to lay back a little bit more and whatever. Like you can maybe generally say that, and you can generally have uh, I'm I'm going to be why you know I'm going to be on top of controlling the where the power weapons are going to spawn. Like I'm it's going to kind of be more my responsibility. Like you kind of dynamically make roles really in Halo. Like you're 
and you kind of do in Rocket League too, right? Like as you rotate, right? Like I'm now the guy who's going up. So why are the why are you not? I think the thing is that because you have having the freedom to execute all of the possibilities is a thing I like. So like Destiny came into my head, and it's really easy. It's an easier example for me because there's only three permutations: your hunter, warlock, or Titan. Titan's the bigger boy, uh, powerful class. Hunter's speedier. Warlock is somewhere in the middle. Magic boy. Yes. Uh, Kamehameha's and shit. Um, So I I like... I'm Hunter. I I like playing Hunter because that's the closest to what I'd like to do. But then some of the things the Titan can do, it's like, why couldn't I also do that? Like, I feel like it would make this experience better. Like, what if we all were Hunters that had the physical abilities of the titans and warlock powers oh my gosh that game would be crazy yeah but it would be fucking cool like and and i wish i could you know um i that i could execute on all those things it's a total that's a totally different game that's not destiny anymore it's very interesting though because i like for some people constraints add like a ton of fun to the game yeah and their experience and I think that is true for me. But generally for you, it seems like that is not... You, yeah, almost, you actually don't enjoy constraints This is actually... I, uh, but I think I, this is a little bit how I am. Like uh-huh. I, I Part agree. of the reason why I like classical guitar over electric is because I think it's somehow artificial that to come up with this sound, it's like contrived. The electric guitar sound is a con- is constraint it, on the sound you can produce. From piano the and like classical guitar, like I'm not synth piano it's a little bit it's a big reason as to why i like really dragged my feet getting into electronic music Uh from a making perspective Uh because it's like almost not music it it feels fake like kind of not almost like not earned to a certain extent Mm -hmm. like i'm not really producing this cool thing i like it's this effect you know like even though like i'm of course not oblivious to the fact that there's a whole the 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 act of uh, producing the effect and using it effectively to accomplish your artistic vision for the experience is a whole nother a- a level of another type of um, yeah not only skill but of really exercising the medium and sure. writing music, which is part of the th- reason why I've like liked entering into that world recently. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I just like being able to do whatever I want. <laughs> right. Yes. You're, really. I, that, you know, I like, mean, based on my like experience with you, this makes it. Yes, that is a true fact about just who you are at your core. So I think that's a little bit of just how you're, I am. You like the power fantasy. Yeah, and so Halo f- helps that. Like you can literally do what as much as the game allows you to do at any right. given Same time. Same with Rocket League. And, and that's funny, like, because all every game is inherently constrained. Like, a game has what the fact that you can't that you have gravity in Rocket League sure. is a rule, yes, right? Like, it's a constraint. So, the fact that you have limited boost, that right. you have limited boost, yes. And I like limited boost more than infinite boost, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but so. Meaning, so there's some threshold of constraint that you tolerate I, before you get outside of your threshold, and then you're like, "Hold up, yeah, this it, is not fun for me." Anymore. I think if the boundaries of the game that I where I can push it to aren't satisfying enough, then maybe that's why I, why I don't like golf. 
Like, or, and that's all I say you felt in Destiny and in Yeah, Overwatch. like I can't push it. And when when I li- when you can literally do something in the game and it's right in front of you, like in in Overwatch, I don't know if this has changed, but I remember like when you would spawn, it'd take forever to get from spawn to where like you need to be in the gameplay. Like seriously, like uh, ten you seconds. You can have to walk pretty far depending on the situation. Yes. And uh, oh my gosh, when like I'm the character like slow and this guy's like running past me, I'm like so fucking stupid. <laughs> like. I, I understand. Not that I don't understand it. I right. totally understand the balance. It. It's just like frustrating. Where's as my hell. Uber to the control? Why point? can he run fast? Like it's so contrived. I have to be the big guy and not move fast. Like it. I understand. I understand. I totally understand. I just don't like playing, and I get mad, and I get pissed, and I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Um, um, but if that guy couldn't move any faster, I wouldn't have that complaint. Yeah. It's like okay. This game just that's how fast you move, and if I don't like that, I won't play the game. But if I like that or I'm okay with it, then I'll just play the game. Maybe this is one of the reasons that fighting games aren't as appealing to you either, because they are basically class-based shooters. Yeah, it's right? true. They're not shooters, but you understand what I mean, right? Like, would you prefer Actually, to box than to like play? Right? Would you prefer like a boxing game? I don't. Well, I don't know about would boxing prefer... games. Boxing games are not well implemented, so I don't know if that's a good example. But... I, I will. I do not like fighting games. I love Smash. Which is interesting because Smash is also very... I mean, class Right, but, but the constraint structure... I, I recognize that beyond the class part, Smash... If you assume they both have it's classes, like Smash toy. has less constraints than the cl- yes. than the constraints of uh, other fighting and games. And it's somehow, like, I think a little more simple, at least it feels to yeah. me. Yeah, I, I actually think... Uh, there's other things. Ironically, I think the characters in Smash, from a design perspective, are more constrained than in most fighting yeah. games. Um, but the rest of the gameplay is less. Constrained. And again, I think there's the toy. Yeah. Like I was in the one V ones smash is just, I, uh, it's so much more fun just being the fighters and how you can move around the environment compared to a Tekken for me. Smash has a very good toy like feel. Yep. Um, generally speaking. Yeah. So I agree. And actually yeah. Tekken seven, I think that's one of the reasons I've liked it so much because it's like 3d and there's a lot, it's actually less constrained than like 2d games. Really? Yeah, and the most compelling fighting games for me are the ones with the most depth that I feel like have... Like, Street Fighter Third Strike, I told you about, has this parry system where literally at any time you can parry any attack just mm-hmm. by pressing forward with the right time, right? That's, like, Didn't super you unconstrained, right? Too? The, the, like, you could, like, down B and, like, do something? Sure, but there are situations in Smash, like, if you're getting hit, you can't do that. But in... Uh, well, in the other one, you can't always? Not if you're getting hit, but any other time. Even if you're like in the middle of blocking attacks, you can then parry them. That's cool. um, in the newest Smash, there's sort of like a parry-esque system. But yeah, like... Hmm. So the two fighting games that are my favorites, Third Strike and Tekken 7, both are some of the least constrained of these styles of fighting games. So I think this is a valuable point, though, that there's a way you can get more constrained than whatever your personal threshold is, and that's where you stop enjoying this experience which doesn't relate at all to our original topic but is interesting <laughs> i was gonna say we we definitely deviated a little yeah, bit yeah maybe we return to our original topic for a few minutes and then we yeah let the fine people at home go back to go to sleep doing. sharon you can go to sleep sleep yeah it's night for us it may not be night for you it's true you can go to work sharon who is up in the morning having us on we really appreciate it in the background <laughs> while oh. she's getting ready to go sharon to work. is anthony's best friend yeah, she is Ko Koala's. Ko Koala's over there. He's he's real. <laughs> he's he's Sharon talks to him. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> he tells me about it. Anyway, um, so competitive cooperative games. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there was that much to talk about. We sort of covered it in our other two topics and like just led up to that. But I mean, any other insights on those kinds of games? I mean, you're definitely right. They are the like predominant experience in games nowadays is i think they hit that triangle of i'm sorry self-determination theory yeah. the best I, that's true and yeah they just apply they just have the most variety and the most appeal i mean that's really a thing too right they're sort of kitchen sinky right they have every aspect that could appeal to someone so they're always going to appeal to someone and that may also mean that these experiences for some people aren't their favorite experiences but they still enjoy them to some degree because there are people, right, who love cooperation so much or love solo experiences so much that those may be their favorite, but they might still get into a competitive multiplayer experience because it has some of that, for, some of like everything. Whereas they may not play like a fighting game. Someone who like only likes, someone who only likes solo games and cooperative games may never play a fighting game, but they might play a cooperative multiplayer game. Yep. Or a competitive multiplayer game. Yep. And I think we haven't talked about it too really here, but I, I think it's, obvious to see that competitive um cooperative games team-based games i i think they're just the most dynamic right like i i think what's fun about playing what what playing really is is somehow like uh enjoyable version of learning right right and um in this case like even in halo where you you you're you can you everyone has the same thing there's not same with rocket league right? yeah uh the dynamic comes from how you and your teammates are going to act at any given time based off of how them and their teammates are doing right which like, is different in every game essentially right you have the toy of the game which you like then you have the interaction with your teammates yeah and then you have the interaction with the opponents and your teammates' interaction with the opponents too. There's just so much. The web is so much deeper yeah, than exactly, in, like so much denser than in any other type of. Just game. imagine from kickoff, three cars, even just on your team, the amount of different things that could happen are already significant. Right, the like, possibility space is like immense. Unlike you know a linear solo experience game yep. where you know there's you have some freedom, but yep. nothing yep. compared to like what these two other really dumb guys on your team could do it any time yeah <laughs> just off of kickoff like you, like and you and you think maybe at a high level there's a couple of variations is the guy who should get the kickoff is he actually here and he's gonna go if i call i got it three times is that guy still gonna go for the kickoff because that happens all the time to me <laughs> or what happens is he calls i got it but i didn't see it on accident so we're both going and we both kind of stop and then, <laughs> and like, then we're late like getting to the ball, ball or whatever. Yep. I mean, like, you think there's more or less a few options for your teams. And I think this is what, like, the pros are obviously can get. Can, I think that's part of what being a pro really enables you to do. You close the probability space to a certain extent. Right. You want it you, to be you the control most well that probability You want your space. team to essentially be. You Sorry. basically want to turn it into a 1v1 experience where your team is one and the other team is one. Yep. Right. You want to be. You don't want it to be three individuals anymore. You and want it to be one. You get good enough mechanically so that at any given state, you're able to contribute Optimally. to be consistent with right. that one v one kind of vision. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's interesting. Like you being a, the better you get, I think it's like you exerting control over the chaos. Right. Yeah. Is a little bit what you're trying to accomplish, and. 
that's that mastery path path that's satisfying that competence part right mm -hmm. um so it's easy to see how these games are so um enjoyable addicting they can get addicting like i i think it, they can be so satisfying that it's, uh, it's so easy to blow hours on some of these games right yep. um and uh i think this is why there's they're the brain loves them well and i think i actually one last insight and then i think we will wrap this up is just that this pushes like a greater point to me which is that the majority of triple a games nowadays almost always are two things they're a solo experience and a competitive cooperative experience right and the solo experience is the farthest is the main thing that a competitive cooperative experience does not provide out of like the lens that we are we've been like looking through right so what makes the most sense these triple a titles should have the solo experience and that experience and then you've basically covered every player yep. possible right everything that someone could want as long as they like the core toy that is your game there's an experience for them or at least part of an experience for them in the competitive cooperative space yep. depending on what they like the most yep yep yeah, I feel like we could talk about this topic forever, but you know the only sorry to really wrap it up because yeah, we opened the can of worms of battle royale, and uh -huh. I just wanted to close that thought what you thought there, like because that is why is it why is because I, I when I think battle royale and what most people consider when what most people think when they think of battle royale is the one hundred one. I agree, even though the irony is that I think the squad mode has ended up being the preferred way of play for most people. Yeah. Um, but why do you think that was compelling? Is it? Yeah. Why do you I mean, think... why do you think that? Do you think that the elements of what we're talking about today are why that experience became as compelling as it has been? I popular? mean, I, I think it probably comes into play when you talk about the density of the web of possible interactions, right? Yeah. Even though there's no cooperative element in Battle Royale, they've, they're still in an extremely dense web because it's not one it's not one v one it's like you know there's a hundred other players and whether those are 50 players on both teams or a hundred people all free for all actually a hundred people in a free for all provides an even denser web than like a 50 versus 50 experience mm -hmm. right so just from the density of possibility if that's like what appeals to you and i think the modern like human mind is very tuned to want like lots of stimulation and lots of variety all at the same time that's the most of anything yeah, right yeah and that's super interesting i think um that's what i was thinking too, yeah what you said i i think that's a big part of it um yep i also think that um battle royales provide this sense of accomplishment that is hard for any other game to provide right feeling like you were the best out of a hundred people in a like 30 minute experience or whatever or less yeah is not a thing that's very common in anything in life it's at a, all. It's a significant, like, mastery path. Right. Yeah. That's, like, what leaderboards were, but this is, like, a dynamic experience that's yeah. not just, like, you play a game and then you look at the leaderboard and, oh, I'm better than this many people. And that even that was super appealing for tons of people. Just being at the top of a leaderboard is super appealing for people. So what, being at the top of a leaderboard where you were literally actually playing against all the people on that leaderboard, I think... Pushes yeah. that to like the the most extreme we've ever seen it pushed in video games. That's an interesting sure. way to look at it. Battle, Battle Royale is kind of like getting to the top of a leaderboard within like this short 30 minute right. segment. And you've actually interacted or at least indirectly interacted with everyone in that leaderboard. Yep. 
which is cool. That's not how leaderboards originally started at all. In I, fact, you would interact with no one in the leaderboard, and then you would just be there, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think this... Uh, oh, man, we, we really can just keep talking about this forever. I but you. Yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to... Oh, I'm afraid this will. You're correct, but yeah, we should spend wrap up our last like five ten minutes max, because I think we're probably at about an hour right now with the edits. Yeah, I think you're right. So let's try wrap that up. Both Pinecast, it doesn't matter, right? They do not care. No. Wait, there was a limit. There was a size limit, right? It was 80 80 megabytes plus 20 megabytes, or no, it was 60 plus 20, right? No, it's 80 plus. 80 threat right over. okay so we have 100 per podcast essentially yeah okay so we should be which fine. we should I, I need to work on the encoding but we should be okay okay so we'll wait 15 seconds and we'll wrap this up yeah this mic makes me want to beatbox Yeah, so we were the like I, I just want to wrap up with we were thinking about you you mentioned how most AAA games that ship have this cooperative uh, the solo experience that could be played also in a cooperative manner and then competitive multiplayer the competitive right, I didn't part. even mention that most of the solo experiences have a cooperative element too because I was just talking about strictly solo experiences but that's true even that provides you kind of hit the whole range that of, hits like everything possible right yeah. um it's interesting you said AAA experiences are providing this because I think that the reality of making a game like we talked about in our last podcast is complicated. You have a limited amount of finite amount of resources, which includes time. Uh, so to I think this is part of the reason why indies indie studios have been producing more compelling experiences recently, I think, uh, on the on the single player cooperative solo front, right? Um, sure. Or I mean, or on the strictly competitive front. Or on yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How can I say that more eloquently? I think they're just creating deeper targeted more experiences focused. rather than w- yes. casting this wide net of experiences, right? Yes. Like while on one hand it's impressive that there's a game that can offer the full range of experiences like Halo, for example right yeah the quality of those experiences also has to be taken into account like you can provide everything but if everything is meh like this is i think why indies can't exist like and these smaller smaller scoped visions more targeted experiences can exist because people want the full range it's like our conversation i think shows for various reasons different times different times in life uh people want uh, the whole gamut of experiences there are people who want the whole gamut of experiences mm-hmm. and uh uh indie studios can sometimes because of the having having to focus in one area provide a more rich experience in one area they have the space i mean indies are the really the studios that are innovating on these individual types of experiences right the triple a studios are the ones making these high quality wide net experiences generally or mm-hmm. at least that's yep, their yep, goal yep. but the indie studios are the ones making like 
the ones that exceed the quality that people even know can really exist in a way. Yep. Because they, you don't even think that that's something that someone would think of for that experience because it never existed, right? Like one hour, one life or whatever that game was called where you are born a baby at the beginning and you live for an hour and you just join random society and your mother could just leave you to die immediately. And then you got to be born again or they can raise you and teach you language and stuff like yeah. that's not experience a triple A studio would ever make this is, no this man's sky goes totally like, back into our conversation of last week too. Why wouldn't triple A studios make that? Well, does it make enough money? Are you publicly traded? What are your investors right. going to say? Oh, are we going to have a big enough audience? Are we going to have an, yeah. What's it going to sell? Right. Gonna put if this you want to be an, so, a true innovator, you can't, you're, you can't care about how well your game is going to do necessarily. Yeah. If you really want to be able to freely innovate completely. Yeah, I think there's a possibility that you can somehow they can both happen. But I yeah, yeah, I, but that I, can't be I a understand what you mean. If that's the only th- if that if that's your only priority, you're not going to be able to innovate. Yeah, this conversation can go in a million ways. But I guess I think with that, I think that's the like last thing I wanted to say. I'm sure some of these ideas will pop up mm-hmm. another time. But go play Spy Party. Hit me up if you want to play it. I'll play with anyone. Yeah, that game's ch- good. Check us out. You follow us at Ko Koala underscore ENT Ko Koala Entertainment on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You know, I'm very grumpy about TikTok, but Anthony has actually made some hilarious TikTok videos, oh, so it's worth checking out. Yeah, check out our TikTok. The memes are good. You get to see all the podcast bloopers. That's where like basically they'll live. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and we try to p- provide some other cool content on all the platforms. So if you're only following us on one, you know, follow us on all of them. Uh, it's it's definitely a little different per platform. Yeah. Um, and also, please give us feedback uh, wherever you're watching this on Twitter. Let us know. Let us know if there's any topics you'd want us to talk about. Um, any ideas for how we could make this better? Um, check out our website. Check out our website. KOKoalaEntertainment.com. KOKoalaEntertainment.com. That'll have links to all our social media and also our Discord, which you can join and interact with us whenever you want. Um, I, we're, like, always around, so yep. we'll probably answer if you say something. We're at, we're around pretty frequently. We're actually getting things uh, in order to potentially start setting up some maybe dedicated, like, community nights with people. Sure. Yeah, yeah, where we can play Spy Party or whatever games people want to play or uh, you guys can just play games and come debate we'll hang out with Skylar yeah we can debate whatever I'll debate literally any topic with you even if I know nothing about it yeah he's not kidding (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah find us talk to us uh, let us know what you think thank you very much for listening Uh, thanks for following us and uh, we'll see you next time see you next time hasta la vista sorry we didn't have tea this time oh yeah it's Anthony's fault next time next time We'll have two cups of tea each, at least. I'm just kidding. Woof. All right. (laughs) As this podcast progresses, we'll just have more and more tea until eventually we'll just have like a table full of teacups and you can just pick whichever one you want and it'll have a different flavor. This is the goal. This is the the utopia that it will be the Ko Koala office. Whoa. That was like... People are falling off of chairs in my house. Check out which of Anthony's kids just (laughs) body slammed the floor. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.